Now we're looking at the last one today. It's called envy. Everybody say envy. Everybody say envy. What does envy say? Envy says God owes me. God owes me. That's what envy says. From the beginning of time, envy has been featured throughout the scripture. We see how Cain was envious of Abel. We see how Esau was jealous and envious of, of um, Esau was envious of Jacob. We also see Joseph's brothers, they were envious of Joseph, their younger brother. And we see throughout scripture, even in, even in the, even till today, there's always envy in families. You know, brother is envious of his younger brother, or elder brother is envious of his younger brother, or you even find parents that are envious of their children, or you even find friends in the same room together, that one is envious of the other person. Why are people envious? Why are they envious? Because the problem is that somebody possesses what you lack. So because they have what you don't have, you get envious of them. Can you say amen? Yes. Sometimes people get envious. And the reason why people are envious, the bottom line is this. If God had taken care of you the way some of you know, you will be in a much better place relationally, professionally, and financially. So the real problem is not that people have the stuff that you want. The real problem is that, why is it that God did not give it to me? We are in the same house. Two of us were born of the same mother. How come this other person is richer than me? Why didn't God give me this money that he has? Envy. Envy is an enemy of the heart. In fact, most of the time, what makes people to die in this country is because of envy. If you are not trained enough to detect envy very fast, you'll be in trouble in this life. You'll be in trouble. Because once you begin to rise in life, all those big remember, sometimes envy can come from above and under. It's not just under. Even above, those are above you can be envious of you. Somebody said, when I was his age, I didn't have the money he has. How is he having the money that he's having? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Sometimes even in church, you see pastor is envious of the other pastor. Or, you know, someone says, God, this, this pastor is preaching. I can't preach like this. So he's envious at him for preaching the way he's preaching. Envy. Envy. Somebody say, ah, this one just started this church. See, see where he is. This one, me, I've been this church of a man 30 years. I don't even have five members. Envy. Now, if I ask you a question, what causes fight and quarrel among you? Hello? What do you think causes fight and quarrel among human beings? It's only one reason. You'll be shocked. Someone say, no, there are many reasons why people argue and quarrel. There's only one reason why people argue and quarrel. The Bible says, and it's in the scripture. It says the reason why people fight, fight and quarrel. Why do they fight and quarrel? Why do they fight and quarrel? Let's look at it. Whether you attend work, whether in your in church you attend, whether it's in a in, in, in a in a dysfunctional family, wherever it is, there's one reason why people fight and quarrel themselves. Are you ready to find out? Are you ready to find out? Turn your Bibles with me to James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Verse 2. Everybody read verse 2. One to go. Hold on. Let's read together again. One to go. You desire but do not have. So you what? Hold on a moment. Have you noticed that everybody who killed somebody 
they have a, some kind of relationship with them. This is the reason why when somebody dies or someone is killed, what, what does the, the police do? They first start investigation within the family, within the close friends, because the death is always very close. Are you following what I'm telling you? So look at it. Let's continue. It says you covet, but you cannot get what you want. Notice the reason why many people are envious of somebody else is because they are not getting what they want. They are not getting what they want. That's why they quarrel and that's why they fight. Look at it. It says so you quarrel and fight. The reason why you quarrel and fight is because you are not getting what you want. <laughs> Can you say amen to that? You know, I was telling my boy yesterday. You know, it was, anytime I just hear a shout, I called him and said, hey, calm down first. Do you know why we are shouting? Do you know why you are shouting? And you are angry. I said, it's because you are not getting what you want. And you cannot always get what you want. Sometimes no is very good for you. Some of you, if, if, how many of you have prayed to God to give you a private jet before? Talk to me now. Be honest. Or you say, God, man, if I, if I, if, 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 maybe when I was, maybe when I was in university, eh, if I was to ask God for, I tell God to give me Porsche 911, Porsche 911 car. Then go, because God will give me anything I want. He just give me that car. Then God will say, yes, I like your request. But because I love you very much, I will not give it to you. Because this car given to you can destroy you. It's not the time for you to have it. Hallelujah. Sometimes, some of the things you're asking God for, is not as though God doesn't want to give it to you. It's not that you are not mature enough to handle it. And because of God's love for you, He will not give it to you at that time. Hallelujah. So, because we don't get what we want, we fight and we quarrel. But now, here is the problem with appetite. Our desire. Everybody say desire. Everybody say desire. Desire comes from your heart. And the problem with desire is that desire is fed by an appetite. And appetite can never be fully satisfied. You can never fully satisfy an appetite. For instance, very few hours from now, some of you start feeling hungry for food. Am I correct? Am I correct? Talk to me now. Okay, good. Now, if they give you jollof rice and chicken today, then you feel full in your stomach. After you feel full today, then you are satisfied forever. Is that, does it happen like that? No. Few hours, some of you, three hours after that, it finished that food. Hunger starts again. Why? Because appetite can never be fully satisfied. You can never fully satisfy your desire. You can never fully and finally satisfy your, de your, your desire. They are only temporal. They are only temporal. That's why no matter how many food you eat, once you finish eating that food, hunger starts again. Hunger starts again. You, you, you start feeling thirsty for stuff, for money, for recognition, for success, for progress, for intimacy, for sex, for relationship, for partnership. You will never get enough of this. Things. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You know, that's why sometimes some, some, some of you, before they get married, they say, oh, this lady is wonderful, nice, nice, and everything is good. After they marry, they are not getting all they want from their spouse. They say, Kai, if I had married that other person, I would have gotten everything I wanted. Oh yeah, now, end it. Go to that one. When you enter, I say, ah, that one has something that one doesn't have. Because you will never get all that you desire from a human being. You will never get it. You will never get it. Glory to God. Because an appetite. It's an appetite. I said, hallelujah. So, every time you see and blame, you know, and 
One of the reasons why many people blame, you know, sometimes people always want to blame somebody. Listen, if you, if, you, if you engage yourself in the blame game, are you listening to me? You will never solve any problem in your life. Every time, if it is somebody else, it is somebody else, it is this person's fault, it is that person's fault, it is this person's fault, it's because of my father, it's because of the family I came from, it's because of this society I was born into. Somebody say, why did God give it to me in Nigeria, of all the countries in the earth? Blame. The more you continue to blame, listen, every time you blame somebody else, you have acknowledged dependency on the other person. Let me explain. What you are saying is, if you don't put yourself to shape, everything will not be okay with me. So, you've got to put yourself in shape so that I can be satisfied. I can be content with what I want. <laughs> Hallelujah. And your happiness cannot be dependent on any other person. It only has to be on the Lord. Only. Because if your happiness is on a human being, you are in dangerous ground. You are on dangerous ground. And it will never solve any problem in your life. Now, let's go back to James chapter 2, verse 3. James, James chapter 2, from verse 2. Alright, let's continue reading. Everybody read one to go. You desire, but do not have. So you keep. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you what? You quarrel and fight. Now, last one read. You do not have, because what? Everybody read again, one to go. Everybody read again, come on. The reason why you don't have is because you are asking the wrong person. For instance, you are asking somebody else to give you happiness. You are asking the wrong person. The reason why you don't have happiness is because you didn't ask God for it. Look at it here. Are you seeing that? You are, you are in your office. You have done everything you are supposed to do. They are supposed to promote you. You are waiting for the boss to approve it. He didn't give it to you. You get angry. You fight your quarrel. The reason you not get what you want is because you did not ask God for it. Look at it, your Bible is very clear, very very simple, very very clear. <laughs> Somebody say, "But I'm asking God. Why have I not gotten it yet?" We are getting to that too as well. Glory to God. I said, "Glory to God." Someone say, "But I, I prayed about it. But I prayed about this matter. I prayed about it. But why is it that God has not given to me yet? Why is it that God has not done this for me yet?" There's a reason why. First Peter chapter five verse seven. Look at it. 1 Peter 5, 7. Everybody read one to go. Come here. Let me explain what it means to cast. Cast this thing. Now, this is my worry. Are you looking at this? Hope I'm not destroying your flower. This is my worry. This is the which is worry. This is the worry. The worry in my heart is that speak as this. Are you following? The worry in my heart is that speak as this. So I'm holding this worry. I'm holding this worry. Let's suppose this is a natural flower, right? The more I continue to worry, the more this plant will continue to grow. Are you following? It will grow and grow and grow. And I have no power to destroy it, no matter what I do. I have no power to shrink it. I cannot destroy it. Now, the only way to starve and destroy this worry, put this picture back on the screen. Put it back on the screen. Look at it. It says, casting all your anxieties. On who? On who? On your brother, or your auntie, or your uncle, or your father or mother, or your friend or your spouse. He says, casting all your anxieties. On who? On the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. So, this is how to cast. I read to catch. So, you, we don't give God our word like this. Oh God, 
please take our worry. No, that's not how we do it. Once the worry just come, pa! Yes. So now, I need, I need some guys. Come, 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 come on. Let's do this in fast. Come now. Speed, speed, speed. Carry these flowers. You be catching and be dropping. You be catching and be dropping. You do. Don't be attacking me with worry. Be attacking me with worry. God be ready to catch. No, I say attack me with worry. I'm the one being attacked with worry. Yes. So let's go, let's go, let's go. Drop it, just drop it. Just give him everything. You as you get, just drop. As you get, just drop. You understand? So you attack me with worry. Left, right, center. Are you ready to attack me now? So hold it. You attack. Help, help me too. Because in life, you can have worry from family, worry from workplace, worry from house, worry from everywhere. Even your children can get you worried. Are you following? So worry attacks me. Attack. Worry. As the worry comes, I cast it on the Lord. You got a case for me. As the worry comes, I cast it. As the worry comes, oh, cast it. I just cast. Any worry that I cast it. Hallelujah. This is the only way to free your heart from worry. Because if you allow worry to stay one minute, it's a problem. We are attacking again with worry. Now, this is worry from my office. They, I'm, I've been trying to get things done, but nobody's trying to help me. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cast it to you in Jesus' name. They are, they are, they are attacking me with no money. I worry about how I pay school fees. I cast it in Jesus' name. God will provide my needs. They are attacking me with worry. Oh, who I marry? I cast it in Jesus' name. Now, they are attacking me with worry. They say, in this family, nobody will become rich. I cast it in Jesus' name. Yes, I cast it. Worry. No, no more, no more. No more, no more. See there. You are... My God, thank God my God is not like this. You know, I'll be in trouble this morning. Hallelujah. Now, guess what? As that worry begins to... See, every time you give your worry to God, God begins to act on that problem. Because He cares for you, He will give you the answer in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? I prophesy to you this morning that every word that has attacked your life from this day ends in Jesus' mighty name. As you cast your worry on the Lord, because the Lord cares for you, there will be an answer in Jesus' name. Can you say amen, somebody? I have to deal with worry. Listen, tell somebody, whatever is important to you is important to God. It doesn't matter how small it is, even if your shoe cut, eh? if it's important to you, it's important to God. Even if your toothpaste got finished in your house, if it's important to you, it's important to God. Why? Because you are important to God. You are important to God. So you can talk to God about anything that is disturbing you. Anything. Anything, anything it is, anything means what? Now, that scripture again. It says, cast, how many anxiety? Now, in the Greek, all means all. <laughs> that word it means in the Greek. In the Greek word for all, it means all in English too. And all means everything. So it doesn't matter whether it's small anxiety, medium anxiety, medium size, big size. Doesn't matter the size. It says, cast it on the Lord because the Lord cares for you. Because you, you, you matter to your father. Whether it pertains your love life, whether it pertains your career, your marriage, your parents, your children, your finances, your education, even your appearance, whatever it is, bring it to your father. And keep bringing it to him until you find the peace to get off your knees. And face the world with confidence. Knowing that your father has given you the answer to this thing. In Jesus' mighty name. Now listen. Let me explain something. Right? When, when, you are, when you are worried, right? Let me tell you what to do. When you are worried, right? Because it's easier said than done. But I want to show you practical. Every time worry attacks you, right? Hmm? 
You know, sometimes you can start getting worried, and then before you know, all your blood pressure is rising, all the skin in your body is rising. If your mind is becomes unstable as water, it's just moving anyway. Now let me tell you something, right? It means for me to be attacked by worry. Are you following? We are we face challenges in life, but I've I've found the way out. Every time worry attacks me, I just know what to do. I can just go maybe in the house, in the house, and I'll just go and start speaking in tongues. This is why it's important for you speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not for Pentecostals. I'm telling you, it's for Christians. I go because as I'm speaking in tongues, something is happening in my spirit. Wells of water are rising on the inside. I'll speak in tongues until that my sadness and weakness turns to laughter. If I do the first day, it didn't happen, I'll stop. Continue again the next day. Until I receive shalom peace. Perhaps that the peace of God will carry your heart and mind. Until that peace enters my spirit, then I'm fine. Now, another way is this, eh? Some people, when they are worried, do what they do. When they say, talk to God about it. They say, oh God, why will you allow this kind of thing to be, to, to come to me like this? That's not prayer. That's complaint. Oh God, why is it that it's only me that don't have money in my family? That's not prayer. That's complaint. Oh God, why come is that at this time, this moment, I need you the most that you are feeling me? That is not prayer. That is complaint. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Some people, they say that they are praying to God, but it's all complain and complain and complain. That's not prayer. Prayer is loving on God. So I say, Father, thank you because I know you hear me when I, when I talk to you. Father, you see, the thing I'm going through now is very tough, but I know you have the answer. I know you have the answer. You know all things. You have seen ahead of my future. You have seen the past. You have seen the present. But I know you know exactly what is coming now. I don't have money for school fees. I don't have money for school fees. I've tried everywhere I can get help from, but all have failed me. But I know that you are my only helper. It's hard to pray. You talk to God about it, and when you are done talking to God about it, if you don't experience peace in your heart, that prayer is not complete. You shift. You cannot add fasting to it. I'm telling you how to solve problems. You add fasting to that prayer. Say three days, three days fasting and prayer. You add fasting to it. You pray again about that matter until there's a note of victory in your spirit. Until you know, you know that you know that you have the answer. One day, when, when, when you are sure that your school fees is being paid for, <laughs> the next day you come out of your house, you'll be smiling. You'll say, ah, what makes you smile today? You say, man, God answered my prayer. Then you just, maybe that, maybe that same week, somebody will just call you and say, how far will your school fees? You say, man, I'm still waiting for money. You say, okay, send me your account number. And before you know, bam, it's done. That's how God works. And I said that's how God works miracles in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So because, listen, Jesus said, how many of you with worry have increased your height by one cubit? Just so today I'm going to worry myself. I worry myself till I get taller. I worry myself till I get fat. Or I worry myself till my hair start growing. No. He says, worry will not do anything about you. It won't change anything about your life. James chapter 4 verse 3. James chapter 4 verse 3. Look at it. It says, when you ask, I'm, I'm reading from NIV. It says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask. Okay, good. And when you ask, now, remember, verse 2 says that the reason why you didn't receive is because what? You didn't ask God. Are you following? Talk to me now. Are you following? So somebody said, but I asked God, but I did not get the answer. Now look at the next answer to that question. Look at it. It says, when you ask, you do not receive. Why? 
Because you ask with what? You ask with what? Wrong motive. Why? That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So the reason why somebody say, I want Porsche 911. Eh? The reason why he wants that car is because he wants to spend, he wants to show everybody that now he has a car that nobody has. That's on your pleasure. That's on your pleasure. <laughs> God will now answer this prayer. Wrong motive. The reason why somebody wants the money is to show everybody in his family that you cannot talk to me again. Wrong motive. On your pleasure. That's why you will not receive. Are you seeing that? So the reason why you don't receive is because you act with wrong motives. So you can spend it to get on your pleasure. You know some people, the reason, I I've, I've told some people before, I said the reason why some, some men don't womanize is not because it's not in their spirit or in their heart. It's because they don't have money. Yeah, you seen that? Because it costs money to do that. It costs money to pay hotel bills. It costs money to, to fly, to, do, uh, to pay tickets. Because the girl tell you, I, I can't go by road. Pay flight ticket. Cost money to put in hotel. Cost money to so it costs money. You buy clothes, you buy phone, iPhone, you buy Samsung. Cost money. So the guy just there on his own quiet. The day money enter his account. Palama Landini. You ask him how far where are you? I <laughs> you just tell you that I'm on the next flight to Dubai. He carried babe on business class everything. Why? Wrong motive. Wrong motive. Wrong motive. So the question is. Why do you want what you want? What exactly is the motive why you want what you want? Question. You always ask yourself serious questions. Why do I want money? Have you ever asked Have you ever asked that question? Why do those? Why do you want money? Why do you want money? Ask yourself serious questions. Check your motives for why you want what you want. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. You know there's there's a if, for instance, if God puts one billion in my account, that money will finish. Because I have vision. I have vision. I want to do that money. To finish now. I know what I'm telling you. And you just see the money in action. You know, I saw, I was showing them there's something on my laptop, right? Of an apostle, just to the man. He opened a new restaurant where he feeds about a thousand people per day. And how to use money for free. And he said he spent about six million naira per week to feed people for free. I will see the food, nice food, jollof and chicken, swallow, soup, nice restaurant. You come in, any morning, night, and evening, you just come in and eat and go. Come in, eat and go, come in, eat and go. That's how to use money. Instead of using money to create bomb, to destroy people's life, that's wrong use of money. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I mean, there are many people who don't have money to go to school. You can decide to say, I'm going to sponsor the whole school. Anybody that has not paid school, that will pay your school fees, you finish. Go to a school, say, I'll pay every student's school fees till they finish. I have to use money. Set up a scholarship fund. If you don't have money to pay, come. We'll check you once we verify. We'll send you to school. You can build schools for free. Build schools for free. Pay teachers. You can build healthcare system. Make it very affordable. Subsidize it for, for those who can afford. Get given the best treatment. They say there's good use of money. There's good use of money. Why do you want money? Why do you want resources? Why do you want the things you want? Why do you want connections? Why? Think again. If all you want money is to build that for yourself, to buy a car, to buy private for yourself, and then to enjoy life, you, you are not ready for prosperity. You are not ready because if all you have, if all your vision is just your family member, it, I know some people have more, you have a large family, hmm? but let's calculate all of them together. Are they up to 100? Even, even if they are more than that, 200, bam, that's all. 
very small vision. Have vision of 10,000 people, 100,000 people. Say, I want to empower 100,000 young people into businesses. Many things you can do with money. You can say, I want to give people grants for their businesses. Those that have solid ideas, you set up a panel. Get, get the guys that are good. Sponsor them in their business. I, I heard of Tony, Tony, Elmerie Foundation giving almost $5,000 grant for any solid business idea of a young person. And they've done it for more than hundreds of thousand people now across the nation, across Africa, in fact. That's how to use money. Can you say amen? You know, sometimes when you hear the stories of the way um, terrorists attack nations, you'll find out that it's those that have the money to make it happen that made it happen. Because it costs, do you know how much it costs? Do you know, do you know how much it costs to buy an ammo tank? <laughs> Millions of dollars. One ammo tank. Just to buy one. And then somebody who is fighting a war. As a terrorist, he has 50 of it. 50. <laughs> and where is he getting the money from? From you. You buy, you buy his product. You buy his um, I don't want to mention some names now. You buy his product, you buy his services, then all the profits he makes now, he will carry it and sponsor evil. That's how they get money. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. Everybody say, all good and perfect gift comes from God. James chapter 1 verse 17. Oh. James chapter 1 verse 17. Are we there? Let's read Everybody read one to go. Every good and perfect gift is from where? So, hold on. Is sickness a good gift? Talk to me. Is sickness a good gift? So why then will you say, God gave this guy this sickness? It's not from God. Because it is only something that is good and perfect that is from God. Why? It says, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadow. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, every good gift and perfect gift comes from God. Every good gift and perfect gift comes from God. Tell somebody, envy is dangerous. Why? Because envy will shape your attitude towards others. It will shape the way you talk to them. It will shape the way you greet them. It will shape the way you act towards them because of envy. Envy is a destroyer. Envy is a heart disease. It's a heart disease. It's an enemy of the heart. So what is the solution to envy? Here we come. Let's, let's, do, let's do the solution. Now, look at this. Is Henry looking nice today? Talk to me. Is Henry looking nice today? Alright, good. Now, now listen. Listen, this is how envy starts. Henry is looking nice today. How come Henry is wearing this fine clothes and me, I don't have this kind of fine clothes to wear? What is he even feeling like? That's envy. That's envy right there. So, what is the solution to envy? Very simple. Develop the habit. It is called celebration. Everybody say celebration. Now somebody says, so are you telling me that I should celebrate somebody when I don't feel like it? Yes. I'll explain. Now, I say, is Henry looking nice? Talk to me now. Is Henry looking nice? I say, hey, Henry, you are looking nice today. Now, what I just told him now is he a lie? I'm being honest towards him. That is celebration. Whether I feel like doing it or I don't. In fact, every 
time you catch yourself not feeling like doing it, that is the time to even do more of it. If I celebrate in the point, you say, ah, this your own is too much now. Say, may I celebrate you? You are looking sweet, man. Car, this thing looks very, very nice on you. If I the color even match you. This your shoe is, is something else. That's celebration. Let to celebrate. Don't just keep going in your mind and say, oh, hmm, hmm. see that game. See that week that I've been trying to buy for many weeks now. She has me, I don't have it. I will deal with that, I will deal with that, I will pay. That's envy. You see a wig on the lady you have been dreaming to have. Say, man, this, this wig looks nice on you. God, it looks so beautiful on you. In fact, you brought out the beauty of this wig. Are you seeing that? Celebrate. You see somebody with a nice makeup, nice shoe. Say, man, this thing is... Celebrate. Learn to celebrate. Because that's the only way to destroy every your heart completely. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Somebody you have what you don't have. Instead of saying, why does he have what that thing that he has? Mm, mm, mm. Some people have not gone as far as going to demons to attack them in the realm of the spirit to destroy their lives. Terrible. Celebrate. Celebrate. Somebody say celebrate grace. Celebrate it. Listen, because the more you start to celebrate it, the more the angelic forces will start to bring that in your direction. You will just be shocked that that person will just say, ah, you like this clothes, or yeah, take it. You just be shocked. It happens sometimes. Someone say, I like your shoe, I like your shoe. Someone say, come and carry the shoe and go. That's how the Holy Ghost works. He can just bless you with it. That thing you have been dreaming to have, you just have it. At the blink, even you, when you didn't expect it to come to you, because you're blessed to celebrate. Everybody to celebrate. Thank you very much. Now, listen, before we continue, there are three kinds of envy. Everybody say three kinds of envy. Number one is called popular envy. Everybody say popular envy. What is popular envy? Popular envy says, I can have everything, but you shouldn't have everything. <laughs> I can have everything, but you don't have everything. That's the one that everybody knows of envy. Are you following? It's popular envy. You know? The second one, strategic envy. Everybody says strategic envy. Strategic envy is the kind of envy that doesn't mind the height of your achievement. I will be excited by it. But he wonders why he doesn't have what you have. So some people are envious. Listen, Henry, come. I want to show you levels of envy. This one is called strategic envy. Now, some people are still envious. They will still come and tell Henry, Henry, you are looking nice today. You are looking very nice. Eh? But after they've told Henry this thing, Henry sees that, oh, this person actually celebrated me. Are you following? But when they go back to their closet, they are wondering, how come me I don't have this kind of fine clothes that he has? This is the one men don't know in their office. Strategic envy. You are in the workplace. You have to know how to detect this. When you notice characters, don't just bypass it. Look at it very carefully. Because it's good for you to be smart and analyze it properly. And know whether they are coming from envy or they are actually coming from a heart of celebration. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. <laughs> the third one. Thank you, go and sit down. The third one, contended envy. Contended envy. This kind of envy says, I understand why I shouldn't have, have it. I'll say it again. I understand why I shouldn't have it as long as no one has it. I don't have it all, but you two don't have it. This is where people that, that are than the low level of life, the way they live, like cleaners, drivers, you know, we see another driver having money, say, ah, no, 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 
It should be at my level. We are on the same level. We, we started eating garlic together. We remain eating garlic together. So it is it is the is the envy that wants everybody to be small, contented with mediocrity. So the quality, so they define the quality by equal pain, equal struggle, equal loss, equal misery, equal lack. And in fact, all the people who hate capitalism, they are all under this category. Now they want a communist nation. All of us will eat the same food, eat the same money, eat get the same salary, everybody. They want everybody on the same level. Contented envy. What's the first envy I told you? Number one, what? Popular envy. What does popular envy say? Have everything. You can have everything. Number two. Are you envy? Huh? What does that one say? Okay, you didn't get that. That's why I asked you. Let me say it again. Strategic envy says, I don't mind the height of your achievement. I'll be happy with you. Eh? But I wonder why I don't have what you have. Most of the people on this level are the people that are closest to you. That's why it's very deadly. They are your best friend, your colleagues, your allies, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your parents. It is. In fact, the scripture says a man's enemy are the ones closest to him. I'm telling the truth. So this is the one that you can't easily see with your two eyes. You've got to be You've got to be smart. You have to have the thing of God to detect it early enough so you can guard the path against them. Because also, too, you have to know those that envy is against you and put a long rope from them. Glory to God. I told you before, who is the stranger? Let me say it again. Who is the stranger? Here you come. <laughs> me and you are preaching today. Who is the stranger? Talk to me now. Who is the stranger? Talk to me now. Who is the stranger? Somebody you don't know, Abby. So I don't know you. You're a stranger. Guess what? Every time we meet someone we don't know, we know how to guard ourselves against them. Am I correct? Okay, good. But do you know that some of you, eh, your brother is a stranger to you? Do you know that? Let me tell you. Who is a stranger? Some of you have friends. They are strangers. You are calling them friends, but they are strangers. Some of you have brother. You are calling them my brother, but he's a stranger. So you say, how is he a stranger? Because I know him. Let me explain. Anybody that you cannot vouch for their personal integrity, is a stranger. Hello? The reason why I cannot, I mean, I don't know this guy. I can't vouch for him. Someone cannot say, this guy did this thing. I can't vouch for him. I don't know him. So he's a stranger. Are you getting the point? So if I cannot vouch for you, your personal integrity, you're a stranger. This is the reason why you, you, you had a friend in university eh? 10 years ago. You put met again 10 years after. That's how it's my friend from school. It's my friend, it's my friend, it's my friend. No, calm down. You have to reevaluate. Because it's been a long time, it's a long time. Anybody you are you don't have contact for more than five years, you have to reevaluate again and check whether they are still the person you used to know or they are metamorphosed. <laughs> Glory to God. So if, if I cannot vouch for your personal integrity, you are a stranger. Sometimes even husband and wives. They are strangers. The wife cannot vouch for the husband. He's the stranger. Hello, are you hearing what I'm telling you? I know I'm saying you are not for your life. Girl, you can sit down. Thank you very much. This will help you in your workplace, in anything you are doing to help you to detect strangers. So you are, some of you, they put their hanging around you every day. They are all strangers and you don't know. That's why 
I tell you that a man's enemy are those that are closest to him. Because the day attack will come, it will come from somebody close to you. And you will wonder, ah, how can this person kind of thing? How can this kind of thing? You never knew all this while, because you are not spiritually smart. You never knew that all this while it was the stranger. Because if they came to ask you, can you vouch for this person that didn't do it? You say, you have to say, I don't even know that. that so you knew all this while, but you didn't pay attention to it. Glory to God. So strategic envy is the one that doesn't mind the height that of your achievement. We'll be happy with you. We'll say, oh, congratulations, you. celebrate you. But when they go back, I say, I don't have what you I'll deal with you. That's the one that comes from your family members, from your friends, those that are close to you in the same office. People are in the same office together, in the same business together. That is strategic envy. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Are you learning something this morning? I learned something this morning. So I said, the solution to, to, um, to envy is what? Celebration. Now, Henry, come. We're not done celebrating. So I see Henry um, looking nice. I see Henry, man, you are looking sweet. Now, whether in my private too, I'll still say, Henry, you are looking good. Private and publicly, I'll do the same thing. But if I do it publicly and I go in private and talk against him, that's strategic envy. Because I'm trying to be smart. I'm trying to do a solution to envy, but trying to do it in a nice way where I still have a wrong motive. Are you following? So I celebrate him. Now, let me tell you another very powerful thing. If your, your, the envy against somebody is so much that you don't know how to deal with it, another thing you can do is to learn to give them gifts or so you see into their life. It will crush that enemy of the heart in your spirit. It will crush it. So you see, you say, man, I want to tap into this grid that you have. Take this. Take this. Take this and take. That's what you do. So see, anything that you see a person have that you wish to have, celebrate them and also sow a seed into their life. Whether it's a marriage that you see and you want to marry to be like that, sow a seed concerning that one. Say, I want my marriage to be like this one. And sow a seed towards them. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Some people are envious because somebody has children who just got married. They don't understand why they've been married for five years, no child. Now they're envious against that person. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Sow a seed. Go to that family. Say, I'm sowing a seed to this children's life because I'm believing God for my own children. That's what to do. Praise God forevermore. So practice this. Practice this habit. Learn to celebrate the smallest and the oldest. Those above you, those below you. Celebrate anything good that you see. Be honest about it. Don't go in hiding and be angry towards them. Thank you so much. Go and sit down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. We're out of time. Let's go to verse 15 first. Verse 15. Now, look at it. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. It says, But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did without sin. Are you seeing that? So, when you're coming to God, God knows exactly what you're feeling. He knows the pain you are going through. He knows exactly what you're passing through. So, when you're coming to God, come with this. He says, let us then approach God's throne with grace, with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hallelujah. So, there's a grace you need in time of need. 
He said, when you come to God, come with confidence. Come with boldness. Why? Because anything you want to tell God that you're feeling, God knows exactly how you're feeling. He has gone through it before. He has gone through that thing before. He's the best person to talk to about that matter. So whether you can bring your wishes, your wants, your dreams, your disappointments to your Heavenly Father. Bring it to the one who is able to sympathize with you. Have you seen that some people, eh? they go and share, <laughs> they go and share their problem with somebody. Hmm? Hoping that the person will sympathize with them. Instead, this person took the information and then turned it to, can you imagine what he's going through? <laughs> imagine. They turn into scorning against the person. Evil generation. That's why I take it to God. God knows exactly what you're feeling. He can sympathize with you and give you the grace and mercy required to come out of that situation. Hallelujah. That's what you should do. So, when we discussed about guilt, we said the antidote to guilt was to exercise confession. The habit that overcomes anger is what? forgiveness. Then we said greed is overcome by what? Generous giving. And then the habit that will enable you to strengthen your heart against envy is what? Celebration. Is what? So learn to celebrate the success, the size, the stuff of those that you have a tendency to envy. Anybody you have a tendency to envy is the person you have to celebrate the most. I tell the truth. Celebrate them the most. So I to protect your heart from envy. Because I told you, guilt, anger, greed, envy, these are enemies of the heart. They, they are heart disease. And I asked you, I said, how is your heart doing? How is your heart doing? So if, you, if, there's, if there's envy in your heart, it's time to get rid of it. If there's anger in your heart, it's time to get rid of it. If there's greed in your heart, it's time to get rid of it. If there's guilt in your heart, it's time to remove it from you. And I've shown you the solution to this thing. Because as a child of God, God doesn't want you to have these things in abode in your heart. Because they will pollute your heart. Remember I told you, Jesus said that whatever comes out of your mouth, comes out of here, your heart. Not your mind, your heart. It tells you exactly the way your heart is. That's why the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. So God is interested in your heart. And um, God told the prophet, he said, my son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to his name forever. Stand to your feet this morning as we close.